Welcome to the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I'm Patrick, and with me once again, and as always, my colleague Jakub. Hi. Hey, Patrick. Today's episode is all about process mining in academia, how machine learning can enhance process analytics, and how to go from business to academia, and vice versa. Joining us today is Matthias Stille, recent PhD graduate from Friedrich Alexander University. Let's get into it. Hello again, and welcome to the Mining Your Business podcast show dedicated to process mining. Uh, tonight, today's, today's guest, uh, on his website, there is a very nice quote, and I will read it out loud right now. Not using process mining is a sign of self-neglect showing an inability or unwillingness to manage process properly. Uh, hence, not using process mining should require a justification and not the other way around. It's actually a quote from uh, Will van der Alst, uh, so-called uh, godfather of process mining. And uh, today's guest, Matthias, has it on his website. Matthias, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome, Jakub and Patrick. Thanks for having me. We are super excited to have you here because you are actually the first uh, person from academia who we are hosting in our podcast. And uh, you didn't start there. You actually went through a very interesting career where you spent some time with a huge insurance company in Munich with Allianz. You even worked uh, as a, you were one of the first sellonauts, actually. That's uh, started in the year 2013. Uh, could you maybe talk a bit about your career? Uh, how did you end up in process mining in the first place? And uh, how was your time with Selenis? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to do that because I, indeed, I think I have kind of a unique profile uh, considering that I first have been or seen process mining in practice. I uh, had the luck to be one of the pioneers in applying process mining in practice and then also seeing it from, from the academic side. But um, going a bit back in time, uh, considering my career, yeah, so after my bachelor's, I started at at Allianz, and it was actually a department to um, transform processes. So it was one a company of Allianz that had seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions. So process standardization, harmonization was a big topic. And we did this mainly with qualitative tools. And for me, that was really frustrating. Yeah? It was a really <laughs> lengthy process, talking to a lot of stakeholders, uh, different opinions all the time. And being somebody who was really enthusiastic about technology, I thought, well, there must be a better way to 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 analyze processes. Um, and so what I did in the first instance, I just went back to, to university um, and started having a focus on, on business intelligence in my master, or let's say data science in general. And then I was looking for an internship um, which back at the time was not that easy. Nowadays, data science, machine learning, uh, everybody looks for people. But uh, 10 years ago, this was a bit different. And then rather by coincidence, I found a company back then, very small, Munich-based startup. I found an um, article in, I think it was Computerwoche, um, of Bastian Nominacher. And I thought, wow, that, that sounds really interesting. Sent them an application, took a while, and then I got an internship there. 
And then the funny thing was, before I started the internship, I did um, um, a semester abroad in Cuba, in Havana. <laughs> wow. And there, uh, let's be honest, I, I didn't go there much for studying, but <laughs> I, I, I still attended some courses. And I had one course um, called data mining. And actually, in this course, it was the first time I heard about process mining in an academic context in oh. Cuba. So that was okay. actually really <laughs> funny. So, dear listeners, if you really strive for uh, exploring uh, new areas in process mining, go to Cuba. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you talk about like, so you were an intern at, at, at Salonis uh, and then from there, did you stay at Salonis? Yes, exactly. So um, I, I started as an intern um, at Salonis and after one week I realized, okay, I have much more responsibility here than I have at Allianz after one year as a, a junior there. So um, yeah, it, it officially you could call it an internship, but I remember that in week two I had access to to the database of a, a real customer and started uh, integrating event logs. Um, and in the beginning, I worked in um, yeah, helping out existing customers with their process mining integration implementation journey. Um, also, a lot of uh, trainings I gave to, to customers, uh, enabling them. And then after finishing my master's, I... I joined uh, Salonis on a permanent basis uh, back then in, in the, the pre-sales department, technical pre-sales, um, yeah, running proof-of-concept projects with a lot of different customers, which was very exciting. So you got to speak to a, a lot of people at your, at your time there? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, when I joined Salonis, I think my... my uh, uh, idea I got from human resource was like uh, 43, but we were probably around 20 people, few <laughs> interns and working students. Um, so it was still rather small. Um, and then, yeah, when, when I left in 2016, end of 2016, I think uh, Salonis was just around 60 to 100 people. So that was the uh, moment actually where where the, the whole thing got a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah, became incorporate. That's yeah. actually an interesting point. So uh, we are actually now a company of roughly 30 people ourselves, uh, Processend, so we are also growing. Uh, a lot of people would probably look at this opportunity in a sense like I was there when there were 20 people uh, and now we are already growing rapidly. I'll just stick around for a bit longer and I'll be this... this uh, you know, a high position data scientist who actually leads the project, leads the team, and is in charge of the operations. Uh, what made you actually leave Solonis at this stage when the, the growth was there, the opportunities must have been there as well? Uh, what made you go to actually uh, explore your, your opportunities in academia? Yeah, so um, I did, like I said, I, I worked in pre-sales and uh, to be honest, I think I had a fairly easy job, yeah, because <laughs> it's an amazing software, a really uh, amazing technology also, process mining. And if you confronted management with this powerful visualization, uh, I think almost all of them immediately got the idea what the potential behind is, yeah, just because they could see it, yeah. I had uh, sales uh, meetings at customers with SAP, 
And they told me just before us, we had a group doing the most amazing thing in transforming master data. But it was a machine learning algorithm and nobody got the idea. In contrast, with process mining, you can show what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think management got this idea fairly quick. Um, but then what I saw is that um, they decide about purchasing the solution um, and introducing process mining. But then the people who actually should use it, they often struggle with how do I integrate this now in my daily routines? Yeah, uh, Suddenly I have this technology, this tool, um, and how do I use it? And I saw a lot of potential um, thinking about that. And so um, you were in the pre-sale. Did you think that you could uh, spend your time more wisely in academia or what was the, the, the crux of the matter that made you leave? I mean, um, I, um, I'm very, very thankful for the time in Salonis. So I learned so much in, in such a short time. And like I said, I had the unique opportunity to be really one of the pioneers in applying process mining on a large scale in, in practice. Um, but then at this point in time, I thought, okay, I've seen a lot now in two or three years, a lot of important insights. And I was looking in academia for people thinking about how do I actually make process mining success? How do I bring it into an organization? Uh, so when you were, when you were finishing, uh, when you were ending in Salonis, uh, and you decided to go to academia, what did you really choose from? Were there already at that time, I think it was uh, early 2017 or ending 2016, what options did you have? Did, uh, was this uh, generally the process mining and process analytics already in scope of the universities? Um, no, I would say no. So in, in academia, you, you have different communities, yeah, which is very important. People that look at a certain topic from a certain kind of perspective. And of course, you had this community around uh, Will van der Aast, um, with many uh, other groups in Europe, in Vienna, in Sevilla, um, also um, being part of this community and considering uh, process mining from, I would say, a fairly technical perspective. Yeah, computer scientists mostly um, introducing discovery algorithms, conformance checking algorithms. Um, but I saw that, um, understandably, at this stage, there was not a lot um, in academia where um, university would focus on the application of process mining. Yeah? And that was really a motivation for me to, to introduce that in academia and also in my teaching. So in, in your opinion, what is the main difference between like, process mining in academia and in practice? What sets the two apart the most? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think very understandably the, the term has a different meaning in, in both worlds. So if I in academia started talking to companies uh, in our area about process mining, they said, yeah, we do that as well. We, we have Salonis. So they would, would usually consider process mining to be equal to Salonis. And of course, in, in practice, process mining is much of a, let's say, phenomenon. It's, it's kind of, a, I don't want to say hype, maybe at the moment it's a hype. A buzzword. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just something that is happening that gets a lot of attention. And of course, a lot is uh, associated to it. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, if you look at academia, the, the term of process mining has once been very strictly defined as um, three types of process mining, process discovery. I have process data, I generate models out of it. Conformance checking, I compare a defined process model to my data, to my SS process and process enhancement, meaning I uh, extend my process model by information I get from the data. And of course, if you look now in practice, there is much more around the topic. Yeah. If I look at Salonis, uh, a big part of Salonis is probably very lean and beautiful, intuitive self-service BI. Uh, just, just this part, a new way to data analysis. Um, and also now, if you look at the, the movements in the process mining market, uh, you have machine learning integration. You have uh, now even the, the execution part. How can we redefine workflows or also the, the integration with robotic process automation, task mining? How can I start logging what users are doing on their machine? So it has grown a lot bigger in practice uh, when academia, you would um, consider it to be yeah, a more precise definition. Uh, you're talking about the movements in, in process mining and what new stuff is coming up. Uh, is this really, uh, how, how does this uh, work? Is this really more a business pushing the process mining forward? Uh, or is this also from the academia side that uh, uh, you academics are coming up with new researches and implementing new ideas and business is slowly catching up? Or is this maybe going hand in hand and you are mutually beneficial for each other? Um, yeah, so I mean, in the early days, uh, if you look, of course, at the research of, of Will van and so this was the baseline for, for what Zelonis is, is doing now. So it was essential work that was done, which gave the opportunity to practice to start using process mining. Uh, nowadays, I think it's true for many disciplines within information systems or computer science. Uh, of course, you have practice pushing these topics really fast. Uh, so if you look at machine learning, probably most of the research is done by Google or Facebook and not even by, by universities um, because they have big amounts of data, uh, which is also true for process mining. Yeah? So uh, at Salonis, I, I got a new data set every two weeks, so to speak. In academia, I, I used three years or I took me three years to get one small data set of a company. Um, yeah. So I think at the moment it's, it's definitely um, at, at this point of time, a uh, mutual uh, beneficial uh, relationship between academia and practice. We can bring some new ideas, but we benefit heavily from, from qualitative insights from the companies. So um, when you talk to people in the academic field, they often say, well, I focused on this part of the research and I found this out. And then you ask, oh, so is this applicable to the industry sector? And say, oh, no, no, it's, it's, not, it's not found in practice at all. How much of the research that you saw falls under the same category or better yet, how much of the research that you saw can actually be carried over to the business side? Oh, that's, that's a very tough question. Um, but... <laughs> If you look really at, at process mining software, then I would say uh, what they uh, include from the academia is certainly less than 5%. Yeah? Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, 
it's certainly not that um, most of it has, has been integrated in tools because, of course, there are so many different ideas in academia and not each of them is viable uh, and has, has also a business impact. Um, and this is probably something also academia could improve on and should improve on. So, yeah. Just out of curiosity, is there maybe nowadays some uh, idea, uh, you know, flying around that uh, you personally think would be absolutely amazing to implement in uh, business tools and using uh, with the real companies and real data that maybe not have been applied yet? Um, yeah, definitely uh, difficult to judge. I mean, for me, I always saw the strength in process mining, also in Salonis, in a very generic approach. Yeah, so it was not a, a solution tailored to one customer or company, but uh, analyzing an SAP purchase-to-pay process that just works at pretty much any company that, that uses <laughs> SAP. And that's why I think if you would look in academia for for works that are worthwhile integrating, there are certainly a lot on a very individual level. So for very individual use cases, for example, if you look at manufacturing, I think there's so many interesting things still to do, um, but it's very unique for each customer. Each customer is doing production planning differently. So um, what would you say are the key challenges that um, keep the amount of academic work in the business view at like 5%. What is the main thing that is holding it back? Is it the computational side? Is this just too computationally intensive? Is it general assumptions about the, the environment or is it general business awareness that they're just not aware that this could be done? Yeah, um, I definitely don't think it's on the technical side, especially not computational performance. Yeah, that's, I also don't see necessarily that to be a job for academia. If you look at Salonis, uh, they can scale up everything and do it very quickly if it has to be done. Um, I think it's much more on, on identifying techniques that bring business uh, value to the business. So um, Professor van der Aust, um, he wrote um, an editorial in, in the BZ journal, Business Information and Systems Engineering, That's the leading journal for information systems, at least in the German-speaking world. And these, this editorial was called Don't Forget to Improve the Process. Yeah, so he, he wrote that with some colleagues where they addressed the issue that the acad academia, the, the community is very much focused on generating process models out of data that are semantically correct, uh, that follow a formal notation Uh, that have a high fitness representing the data, but not necessarily does that support process analysts in their job to improve business processes. And I think that's a key aspect. If you look how how information system is def de, uh, defined, or uh, it, it looks at the socio-technical perspective. So it, it considers how can a human... Um, be supported in his tasks with technology. So how can a process analyst in his search for better processes be supported by process mining? That's the key question. And I think putting more emphasis on, on the human and his task and less on the technology, I think that that would be important for, for academia to, to pursue. And I very much like to call this 
process analytics because process mining for me is one technology, um, but there are many more technologies um, that that use process data to do something. Speaking of process analytics, you actually organized, uh, since you started in university, you now have your own course uh, or lecture, should I call it, and it's on process analytics specifically. So what do you teach there and how do you bring these ideas that you just uh, shared with us into reality through through your work, through your lectures and towards your students? Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for, for um, talking about that. Um, when I started at the chair, it was a new chair, uh, no, no really any lectures existing. So there was a lot of white space to create something. And I thought, um, having a very applied focus on process mining and just using my experience from Salonis, um, would be, would be a good thing to do. And that's why I started this lecture of process analytics which has one part which is more theoretical, um, which heavily leans also on, on the work uh, done by Professor van der Aalst or also Fundamentals of Business Process Management. It's an online course. I used a lot of materials just to get an understanding of, of business process management and process mining as a technology. But then also students worked in a group in a very applied setting as consultants getting SAP data, starting to create an event log out of the data, integrating it in a uh, process mining tool, and then coming up with uh, suggestions for business improvement or process improvement, uh, even with a business case in in their presentations. And yeah, eventually I even uh, managed to get a real-life data set. So we had a company from from Nuremberg uh, where we analyzed their, their customer service process With, with really, really interesting insights. And uh, I think it was a really good experience for the students too. So the students would walk away from your lecture having learned the, the ins and outs of process mining and not only the theoretical side, but also how it's applied in business and all the things that it can and cannot do. Um, yes, exactly. So um I, I was taught this at Salonis for, for my time there, especially in pre-sales, you have to focus on the customer value. And back then, uh, it, it took me a lot of effort to integrate that in my thinking. It was not about presenting features of the software. It was not about saying, hey, look, you can now see all different process variants. Hey, look, you can now see all your process activities. But it was rather to say, hey, look, how many process variants are driving your business complexity? Uh, look at how many different activities you have that drive effort in your processes um, and to, to really think about the value. And that's what I try to also tell the students. It's a technology that has a purpose. Yeah? It should be used to fulfill a task and that's improving the process. I think, general, this is an interesting point of view to kind of uh, teach in university with at least a little bit of exposure to the actual business world. Because uh, I, I completely agree with that the universities should uh, be unbiased and uh, teach the best of their capabilities. But having this a little uh, input from your side that you have experience with Solonis and focusing on this actual value can, you know, as, as you were saying, can also bring the students more towards the real war, uh, real world. And actually, uh, then they are able to implement their ideas that might be very interesting 
uh, that they would otherwise not because they would not focus on this on this true value. So that's a that's a great point. Uh, outside of this course, do you also teach something else in the university? I saw in your uh, in your uh, uh, page on on your uh, uh, alma mater that you are also hosting some other lectures in some uh, crossover, uh, let's say, subjects. Yes. So um, first of all, which is not, not part of the curriculum, but we do teach a SAP foundation course mm-hmm. um, because just understanding ERP systems is is essential for for process analysis because business processes are executed within ERP systems. Um, and also, I'm doing a seminar which I introduced three years ago about um, process automation. And for now, the, the seminar really focuses on robotic process automation. I would say the, the second hype topic in, in business process ma- management at the moment, be, uh, besides process mining. And yeah, in, in the first one, we just did a little seminar with Adidas uh, to really also see how it's impacting businesses. Yeah. Wow. So um, I want to switch gears here a little bit. Before you mentioned the the terms process discovery, conformance, checking, and enhancement, um, can you please expound on what, in the academic sense, those things mean, and uh, in kind of put it into context? Yeah, exactly. So initially, and uh, this has been the the definition of the three types of process mining. I think in the meantime, this definition is, is quite old. In the meantime, you could add some more topics to that, but essentially the, the core process mining types are still process discovery, which is generating process models out of data. Yeah, so you have uh, various algorithms, uh, heuristics, um, that search for patterns in the data. Yeah, and there are several challenges like uh, loops in the process, parallel activities is still a challenge for many process discovery algorithms. And yeah, the, the aim in the end is to create process model that is depicting your S as process. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's essentially what process discovery is about. Uh, one, one, uh, important thing is the output can either be a very formal model, such as a PetriNet or maybe also a BPMN model, which is very common in, in practice. Um, and I'm sorry, this, could you, could you explain what a BPM and yeah, BPMN is? is business models, uh, and notation. And it's just a formal, um, notation of describing a business process. So many companies that are modeling their processes in tools like Aris or Camunda, um, they would do this in the BPMN notation. And then the other version is that you have, uh, an, let's say, informal model directly follow graphs would be one example, which is the most common in, in process mining practice. Yeah? So you don't really find any commercial tool that would display um, the process uh, model that is discovered as a Petri net, for example, but you just have basically boxes and arrows, um, which might lack some, some, um, relationships found in the process, but they're much easier for users to understand and to grasp what is happening in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, what is exactly the, the difference between the process discovery and process analysis? 
Yeah, that, that's a very good uh, point. Um, so if you just look at business process management as a discipline, um, you have the, the life cycle as a very common concept to describe activities in improving business processes. And the first activity you usually go through is the process discovery, which means I just want to know uh, what my process looks like. Yeah, I want to know which steps I have in the process, maybe also which variants I have. Um, but it's it's just a neutral picture. It's not evaluating yet what is going uh, well and what isn't. And then the second step is the analysis. And there you start thinking about uh, what's good, what's not so good, uh, and what are root causes for that. So apart from process mining, these are just the, the two phases you would start your process improvement project with. And I think if you look at process discovery, also in the process mining context, it's first of all giving you that. Yeah? It's giving you a picture of your process uh, with all the different activities, the different, different variations in execution. Um, so you get an idea of the as-is process. But analysis then means to actually focus on what's going well and what isn't, and also identifying root causes. Uh, and that's that's a key key aspect of process analysis, in, in my opinion. Uh, I remember when we were preparing for the episode, we had a little chat with you beforehand and uh, you mentioned something uh, interesting to me that you said that when the users are using uh, tools such as Salonis for the process mining, they usually spend a very little time in the actual process explorer and then rather focus on the analysis itself. So really on some on the on the things that they are used to or accustomed to using, such as graphs, uh, all up tables and so on and so forth. Uh, you actually had some interesting uh, input on this. Could you share it also with our audience? Yeah, sure. So I, I think I already mentioned uh, earlier that I think one strong suit of Solonis was this lean approach to self-service BI. Yeah, so uh, suddenly you could create charts, graphs, KPIs with such ease that many users just focused on that. And, and after... Spending years with SAP BW, for example, which is rather static, you could finally explore your data just by building different charting elements. But what got lost in that process often was to focus on, on the process explorer and the benefits it could bring you. Because honestly, of course, it takes more effort in the beginning. It's a new way of, of thinking analysis, process analysis. Yeah, you have to get familiar with the process explorer. You have to understand how it works and which new questions you can now ask with, with this technology. And yeah, I, I had a project with another company that used uh, process mining tools, which didn't have the self-service BI. And I could see how much more they were focused on analyzing the process itself because the tool didn't allow anything else. And I could really see how, how people focused on process discovery and using then also in a second step, the process explorer to analyze the process. Yeah, and I found that really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, what could we actually do to motivate the users more to focus on that process mining part rather than, rather than to try to build, uh, let's say, relatively standard BI use cases when, they are, when you are just showing some, some numbers, some KPIs? over to the actual focus on the process itself. Yeah. Um, so I think at the moment, 
process discovery talked about this, showing you the as is. It's a rather neutral uh, view of the process. I said um, process discovery algorithms are using heuristics, for example, just frequency. Uh, you see the most frequent activities. You see the most frequent variations of the process. But then the question is, how does this relate to your process performance? Yeah, course frequency might be an indication, but usually you have a certain goal for analysis in, analysis in mind. So uh, you might consider, okay, I need to find out why I'm preaching an SLA. Yeah, this is my, my analysis goal, and now I want to analyze the process based on that insight. Yeah. Uh, can we somehow leverage uh, these uh, new technologies such as machine learning in this kind of uh, disciplinary to to enhance the experience uh, with with these tools? Yeah, definitely. So I think in the end it's about enriching the process explorer with a different kind of insights regarding performance goals. And um, I once called it in one of my papers, model-based analysis. So I think one should really think about how can I leverage the the, um, the process explorer, process model as such to allow performance analysis, to allow root cause analysis. And yeah, now that you say it in one of my papers, we're actually using uh, such an approach of machine learning, graph neural networks. I think it would, I don't want to go in detail, uh, but <laughs> Essentially, what it does, you, you train the neural network based on your performance goal. For example, deliveries that are late. So the um, and then the the technique can make statements about how important a certain activity in the process is for that performance goal, meaning late deliveries or deliveries sometime. And then you can enrich the process model with that information. Yeah which um, activities are particularly relevant for the performance goal. Not which are just frequent, but which are relevant because they occur uh, at a certain point of time or because they occur uh, before another activity and so on. Yeah, so essentially you have a data set of these are the late um, deliveries, these are the on-time deliveries. Um, we're going to feed this um, algorithm, this machine learning algorithm on one side, the on time, the late ones, and say these are good, these are bad. And then it figures out which activities in the process beforehand or after led or contributed to this activity of being late or, or early or on time. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what, what it is about. And um, thank God I understood that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talked. Uh, before about what can academia do for practice. And I think it's just a proof of concept yeah, to show what could be done. I think there are many different ways to, to implement it. Not sure if it has to be machine learning, but enhancing the, the process model with a relevance indication for certain performance issue. I think that's, that's an interesting thing to look at. And the, the topic sounds um, very interesting and fascinating. I'm wondering about the business user at the end. Because if we were to implement something like this and then we told them, hey, this um, algorithm told us that this activity is causing your late de deliveries and then they're going to ask why. Um, and then <laughs> we kinda, we're stuck in the situation where we kind of have to explain um, machine learning and um, the reasons behind it um, are a bit um, up, like 
I would say, opaque to the user. Does machine learning have to be a black box for for business users like this? Or is there some um, approachable way for business users to also understand what the machine algorithm is doing? Yeah, there's this uh, really big discussion in, in academia right now about explainable AI making decisions transparent to different kind of users. And this is also heavily discussed in uh, in the business process management uh, area. So also in, in, in our work, we actually leverage the, the explainability of, of the approach to make these statements about uh, activity relevance. Um, but of course, it remains a challenge. I think what is missing in, in, in this research on explainable AI are really user experiments. Yeah? I, I think that that's something you can also see in process mining. Initially, users are very skeptical, skeptical about the decision support system. Yeah? So if you run a process mining project, with uh, customers and you say, look, this is your uh, procurement process, then with some strange variants, they might say, this never happened. Yeah. Then you start diving into one of the purchase orders and then they see, oh, this actually happened. Yeah. And they start getting trust in the system. And I think the same applies for, for these kind of scenarios. Yeah. So if I would um, suggest a certain uh, process activity to be very relevant for a performance issue, we would fix this activity, but the f- performance issue would remain. They would be highly skeptical in ever trusting that system again. And the question is, how do you achieve this trust? Yeah. One thing is to provide explainability of the system. But personally, I would be very interested in to what this decree, this is the main driver of trust, or if there would be other ways to achieve this trust beyond explainability. I I guess probably one way forward is through uh, continuous education. I mean, even with other tools that preceded process mining and be it such something such as simple as Excel, it didn't happen overnight. And it took probably even a generation of new employees or new, just a new labor, new force uh, to to adapt these, these tools and just as uh, basically a Microsoft uh, Office ruled the business world for last, what could it be, 30 years? Maybe now new BI tools are slowly, slowly catching up and uh, getting the momentum. Although admittedly, uh, there is still always some some room uh, for, for Excel, <laughs> as we all, all know. Oh, yeah. Um, like, uh, how do you see academia and business working together in the future? Uh, like, if you could decide on how to cooperate, how this could go on, uh, what would you do? How would you, how would you do it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's difficult. So, personally, I, I see there's a lot of room for collaboration and synergies. But at the same time, it's two worlds with different... Um, success indicators i would say so academia has its own playground uh, publishing which is not always um, in line with what what practice needs and wants to achieve uh, still i see a lot of potential for benefiting from each other um, and i personally think that one key aspect to to get academia also closer to practice is is the question about data access that's what I said before. So if you look at the process mining academia, 
almost all of the papers are using this BPI challenge dataset, yeah, which is a great initiative um, to, to actually have some use cases for process mining. But I would say many of these BPI logs are not very, yeah, not in very high quality and do not reflect real event logs very well. And this limits heavily what academia can achieve. Uh, just out of curiosity, where else except Cuba and uh, your alma mater in uh, Nuremberg can students go to study process mining? Oh, there's so many. I mean, in Australia, you have, for example, the QUT, um, which which has a really strong focus on process mining. Uh, in Barcelona, you have Joseph Camona, who is especially uh, for, um, yeah familiar with conformance checking. Um, You have in Germany, you would have Münster, you would have Mannheim. So there's so many places right now that, that you can learn about process mining. Um, I had a question. You have just um, completed your PhD thesis, right? Yes. So um, looking back on the experience and the journey, is there something um, different that you would pick as a topic to write about? Or were you um, happy with uh, how it turned out and would you do it again? Um, I'm very happy because, like I said, the, the different kind of success factors. Yeah, from a personal motivation, I'm very proud of my my process analytics lecture. Yeah, so I think this is where I could bring in my experience of applying a process mining in real life, and then my my research itself. It's maybe also more on the technical side, um, but yeah, it's it was successful in publishing. Uh, and that in the end also what matters. Yeah. Uh, you are not only in academia, but you are also, let's call it, uh, an owner of the website, a blogger, uh, and you own your own website, uh, processmining-software.com. Uh, what is this website about and what can we learn uh, from it? Yeah, first of all, it's not my personal website, so it still belongs to our research uh, group. And okay. also a big shout out to Daniel Wiener, Who is actually the big brain behind it and the student who, who provided most of the contents. Um, but this was one of the first projects I initiated at the chair um, to have a comparison of different process mining tools um, available. Yeah, So I myself, um, I, I knew I had a Solonis bias. Let's call it like that. I came from Solonis. We all do. We all do. <laughs> Uh, I knew that tool, but I was so interested. Uh, uh, yeah, how how do others approach the topic? What kind of solutions do others offer? And that's why I had very early the idea of creating such a website. But of course, also it was not directly my my task in academia to do that. So it took a while till Daniel came around as a student at our chair, and he was the main person uh, doing the the survey. And what was really important for us, so of course we knew all the reports by Gartner, by Everest Group, and so on, um, but we didn't just want to send out surveys to, to vendors and let them answer the questions, because um, yeah, then they can do everything if you ask them. But we said any tool that wants to be listed on a website needs to provide us with a version to test it, an actual implementation, mm -hmm. so we can make sure what is the solution capable of and whatnot. Yeah. And that's what we put on the website. Wow. So um, 
Speaking of your website, th- first of all, thank you for listing us as a resource. Uh, the podcast is very kind. It was a very nice surprise to see that. Um, but secondly, so when you're testing all these tools, is there something that surprised you? Do they have a lot in common? Is it like the same thing with a different mask? Or do they all approach the process mining and data analytics from a unique point of view? I would say the conclusion was rather that many follow the approach of Salonis, uh, which is understandable. It was very successful. And in the end, I think combining process mining with business intelligence is definitely a good idea with the danger of people focusing too much on BI and forgetting about process mining. But I guess it makes sense. Um, So overall, most of them followed uh, the same line, but still there were some some uh, differences which were really interesting. Yeah, different uh, visualizations of the process explorer, um, how to zoom in out, how to set filters. Um, almost all offer some kind of root cause analysis and different variations, different approaches to conformance checking. So there is certainly some some difference in how they uh, approach the analysis. Yeah. Uh, you previously talked about Sonis being this very general tool that you can really leverage in any kind of process. Uh, in your experimentation with other tools, where was there maybe some other tool that uh, was going the other way, was really trying to focus on a very specific use case for a very specific, let's say, uh, business area or something? Or was it really more uh, everything is useful and you can use everything in anything? Yeah. yeah, most of them, of course, follow the general approach of you can just import an event log and, and start uh, start analyzing whatever process you have. But especially the Korean tool ProDiscovery, uh, you can see that they have a lot of uh, engineering, manufacturing industry in Korea. Um, and you can see that they have a lot of focus on, on production, planning, uh, and uh, manufacturing processes and have a lot of pre-built content, uh, especially for that domain. Uh, could maybe our listeners go and uh, check some of those tools for free and get some some uh, free trial and uh, try some uh, process mining task on, the, on their own? And which one would you maybe recommend? Yeah, sure. I mean, on our website, we, we indicate usually if there's a trial available, even though this changes very fast in the process mining market. <laughs> um, but check out the website there you can find links to the vendors and yeah try different ones i would say that they all have different aspects um, and approach the topic differently i I would like to mention is um, you have the functional aspect of a process mining tool so how do they approach process mining and data analysis but then of course there are also many different aspects non-functional yeah uh, which which technical baseline do they use? Um, do they have their own tool or do they integrate in another uh, landscape and, and so on? Yeah. Okay, so for everyone that's uh, processmining-software.com, uh, go and check for yourself. Uh, we are happy to be listed there and can find a free trials for process mining tools there on your own. Uh, and before we wrap up the episode, I had one more uh, question since you are in the academia and... Uh, we talked about the different uh, different things that you are trying out and that you are, are really looking at uh, from academic perspective. Uh, how can we, uh, mere moral data scientists, uh, act on your research? So, if let's say you wrote a pay, you wrote a paper, 
you had some interesting conclusion. How can we take it up and uh, and you know implement it in our daily routine or daily life? Yeah. So um, what I try to do in my research is always to provide uh, some kind of instantiation uh, implementation of the technique, so everybody can essentially try it out. And you have access to real data, so it would be really interesting if you would just try it out, install it, and see if it also works for your data set. Um, and other than that, I think it's it's totally worth it to just uh, check out new publications. Uh, if you just uh, open Google Scholar and register there and you type in a few keywords, they will provide you daily with new new publications on the topic and just browsing through. I don't I think it's always necessary to understand the technical details, but just to grasp the basic idea and to think about uh, how could I use that in my context with very lean um, approaches, obviously, yeah. Um, if you were to pick one of your papers that you were most curious about using it on a real-world example, uh, which one would it be? Yeah, definitely my, my last one in decision support systems, the one I mentioned earlier about uh, using graph neural networks for discovering mm. the relevance of process activities. Uh, so the, the whole idea of, of indicating relevance of process activities uh, for process performance, I think is, is really interesting. Yeah. I think if you could uh, link us that, uh, we can maybe see if we can uh, convince one of our uh, advanced analytics uh, team members to look <laughs> at it and maybe implement it at one of our customers. Who knows? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, um, we generally always like to ask our guests a um, a story from their time working um with whomever about a project that has gone particularly well and also one that just uh, was um, discardable and not very, uh, <laughs> that didn't go very well. Um, so um, please, if you would, um, can you give us one example, please? And you can also mention your own research. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I bet that there are a lot of catastrophes going on. <laughs> I know how it was writing a thesis. <laughs> Um, so one project that was really going well is actually the one here at university where I introduced process mining to this small company in Nuremberg, um, which, which produces coffee machines. So we looked at the repair process and they, they immediately had insights. So this was actually, we used our, our technique there and we discovered that the step cost approval was really relevant for late late repairs and we realized okay customers have to approve repair costs so this takes a long time so the company just said you know what if the repair cost is less than 40 euros we're going to repair them anyway yeah worst case we have a loss of 40 euros and best case we have a happy customer and um that that's really nice if you can see how it helps organizations and people to improve um Worst case, this is uh, more difficult to to think about. Um, I mean, I, I once had um, a project in an, um, where my plane was cancelled. Then I l arrived late by train. It was actually at the Ministry of Defense, so I was yeah. We we had it there in the military buildings. I I walked in and there were. 40 generals in uniform sitting there 
waiting for my process mining presentation. They were super um, surprised that I had a PowerPoint presentation prepared. So they had to search for a beaner. Um, so I did the kickoff presentation and about 10 minutes later, the alarm went off and somebody said, this is not a test alarm. We all have to leave the building. So we were all evacuated out of this military building. So uh, it was not particularly worse case but it was certainly strange and uh, interesting okay so i guess my sleeping over in the airport uh doesn't <laughs> beat your uh 40 generals kind of a story <laughs> nice so this is what you do when you become a data scientist in process mining exactly <laughs> uh matthias what are your next 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 steps in your career what are you going to do you finish your phd uh are you intending on uh you know trying out for uh for a I don't know, becoming a professor yourself or what do you want to do next? Yes. So um, I, I'm still thinking about what to do next. Uh, so there are, there are many opportunities. I actually do like the idea of continuing to teach students also in a very applied um, setting. So in, in Germany, we have the Fachhochschulen, which have a more applied focus, um, which, which I could imagine myself doing, continuing this mission of teaching students about applying process mining to uh, achieve value. Um, yeah, and apart from that, um, I'm currently doing a small consulting project based on our website where we have a company that just wanted to have a neutral idea of the process mining market yeah, before buying a solution. What is process mining about? And especially what it is not. Yeah, So we talked in the beginning about what is process mining in practice and in academia. And I see with the whole bus how difficult it is for companies to understand what is process mining and what is not. Yeah, vendors hit me with buzzwords like machine learning, execution, automation. Um, and what is it actually what I can expect from it? And what is something I maybe already have in my organization, which I wouldn't even understand? I might think about continuing doing some consulting work in, in that area to just have a very neutral view on the topic. Yeah, we are always, <laughs> uh, you know, we are always hiring. So in case you you are looking for a spot with uh, a bright uh, data scientist such as ourselves, uh, feel free to get in touch. <laughs> Thank you. I will do that. Uh, Matthias, I wish you all the best in your career and your process mining. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. I'm really glad that we got into some... Uh, let's say, a deeper topic than we sometimes get. Uh, it was really insightful for me and I guess for Patrick as well. For sure. Uh, for, for the listeners, uh, you know, let us know if you like the show. You can write us an email on miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, you know, talk to us through our website, uh, processen.com, and uh, we will be looking forward to the next episode in two weeks. So, Matthias, Patrick, thank you very, very much. And uh, Patrick, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.